Hello, my name is Jerry Durham, and I want to welcome you to my podcast, What's Best for the Patient is Best for the Business. This podcast was put together for you, the healthcare practice owner wants to achieve success in your healthcare practice and turn this practice, this clinic into a business. So if you want growth and scalability that drives financial performance, all three of those don't always come together. But if you want that, then you've come to the right place. I'm here to help you be most successful in your healthcare practice and turn it into a business. Cheers. Thanks for coming. All right, and welcome back to what's best for the patient is best for business podcast. And we are still in the action taker series. And I am very happy and excited to have Dr. Lisa Van Hoos on the uh, series today. Dr. Lisa Van Hoos is the founder of the Ujima Institute. And this is a big reason I brought her on today. Um, sadly, I've not been to the Ujima Institute, but I see them. I interact with them. I love what they're doing. And I really wanted Dr. Van Hoos to bring herself and her team on and talk about the Ujima Institute and the action they're taking and the success they're having in their community. Welcome, Dr. Van Hoos. Welcome. Thank you so much for having us. And um, I appreciate the opportunity for multiple members of our team to come together um, because Ujima means collective work and responsibility. And so there is no way to talk about what's happening at the Ujima Center without it being a team effort. And so I'm going to start off with Ebony Evans. Um, I'm going to let Ebony introduce herself. And actually, I'm not going to let Ebony do anything because she is a very grown woman. She is also known as Madam Director. Um, but I am going to yield the floor to Ebony. Um, so Ebony, introduce yourself, please. Hi, everyone. So my name is uh, Ebony Evans, aka uh, Madam Director. I am the director of the Children and Youth uh, Services for the community. So my job is just to get the children and the youth involved to see exactly what the community needs and bring it to the team so we can make a change um, in the community. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ebony. Um, and then I'm going to yield the floor to Ruthie Evans to tell you a little bit about herself and what she does here at the center. Well, first of all, I uh, welcome this opportunity to sit on this platform. Uh, my name is Ruthie Evans. I am the Director of Operations for the Ujima Institute. I pretty much serve as the liaison between all businesses and operations that, that sits under the Ujima uh, umbrella. I, um, my overall uh, objective is to keep each business under this umbrella engaged and keep them on track with uh, project management, uh, staying focused on the, and, and meeting the immediate need of the community and gauging uh, uh, what is the need and where do we need to uh, explore and plant ourselves to, to be uh, viable, uh, productive uh, community leaders. So we sit in a uh, what we call the town and country community, where this is pretty much our pilot area, where we uh, are open to uh, opportunities to where we can plug in and be a viable difference in the community. So what I do is make sure that we're out there, we're engaged, we're connected, and we are uh, buying into what our community needs. 
Yes, yes. So, and when you hear Ruthie and Ebony talk, I'm like, there really is not much else I need to say. Um, but I, I am Lisa Van Hoos, and I am blessed to have been given the vision. Um, so I identify as a Christian. So therefore, I believe that this was a calling. Um, but what is interesting about it is, although I was given the vision, it definitely has taken a collective group of people to make it happen. And so you heard Miss Ruthie talk about the businesses. Um, so how people originally knew of Ujima in the physical therapy rehab space was with the Ujima Institute, where we do education and consulting. But to be able to address a complex multifactorial problem, we found that we needed to launch multiple businesses, right? Because in the United States, our business model is so segmented that to be able to be in these different areas we needed a business specific for it. So we still have the Ujima Institute, um, but now we have the Ujima Success Academy. That is the division that Ebony Evans runs as Madam Director. We also have the Ujima Wellness and Rehab Clinic. That's where we do our typical clinical services, but we do it with a flair, with a, with a twist that we'll be talking about today. And then we also have two foundations that helps to, um, with growing our donations and our friends so that we can have a sustainable model. But we are here as a transparent organization and we'll, we'll share all the tea we can with you, Jerry. Awesome. So um, good. So we met Ebony and Ruthie and Lisa. So let's uh, step this back a couple of steps, which I think uh, you were planning on doing. Let's, um, let's talk about I, one. I mean, number one is where are you all? Right. And number two is I want to I want to walk it back and just go. So, right. You talked about the complex <laughs> complexity of it all. And I started thinking about. It. So I'm going to ask a very broad question so you can answer it however you need to. Right. What are you doing today in the community? No, no, no. Let's do this. Where are you? What are when you started this? Right. What what problems problems were you looking to solve? Got it. Great Thank question. Um, so we are based in Monroe, Louisiana. Um, so if you think about Louisiana, we are in the northeast corner of Louisiana, which makes us an interesting place geographically because Arkansas is about 40, 45 miles away. Mississippi border is about 60, 90 miles away. Don't hold me to that, but it's pretty close that direction. So therefore, um, Monroe, Louisiana kind of serves as this regional hub. Now, even though, yes, there is some commerce that comes here because of our geographics, but the Monroe, Louisiana itself is fairly impoverished when you look at the data. So we are um, one of the top 10 poorest um, congressional districts in the United States. And so with that, as you said, Jerry, it's not just a problem, there are multiple problems. And so one of the things that we decided early on was that we weren't just going to approach people or families or households in regards to just one problem. 
we decided very early on that we were going to say, hey, we are going to partner with you and try to provide holistic family household care. And so with that, I'm going to pivot over to Ebony to talk about what she provides under her role as director of community services um, for our young people, and then also what's the plan for our older adults. Ebony? Okay, so again, thank you guys for letting me on the podcast. So um, the Success Academy, uh, this summer, we did a summer enrichment camp to uh, reach back to our kids because as we know that um, statistics show whenever kids are out of school for a long sense of time, sometimes um, they forget things. So this summer, we did a summer enrichment camp um, where we really tuned into uh, literacy. That was one of our main focus. Um, like we did touch on different things, but we also introduced our kids to um, our STEM because a lot of kids, they don't really know exactly what that is. So we did like a bunch of different activities from our pre-K all time, sixth graders to where they made like rockets, they made boats, they just made like so many different things and we did um and we did um display them as well. So with the Success Academy, uh, one of our main goals is to see exactly uh, what the kids need like in order to make them a better individual. You know, kids um they are our next future. So it's our job to pour into them exactly what they need. And here at the Ujima Center, that's one of our main goals is for whenever it comes to the kids is to really import things that they need to um, be successful in um, everyday life. Um, we really focus on, you know, our STEM activities and our, um, and our um, literacy as well. We're really like trying to buy really trying to buy into the um, literacy part to where a lot of our kids in this community or in the South, we struggle with um, literacy. Uh, like a lot of our kids, um, they do not read on their grade level. So here at the Ujima Center, we're going to partner with um, different organizations and schools to help the schools and to help the parents to understand the um, importance of um, literacy. And also with our adults, like we're going to be doing baking classes, different things with them, because we do understand that as the elderly people, sometimes they get lonely and they, you know, just be sitting at home. So like we're going to invite them into the center and let them play games, uh, bake a cake or do something to just keep their minds going and also read to them like and then because as you get older, some words um you forget. You don't say the same way that you used to say it before. So we're gonna really, you know, just basically uh, refresh their memory and um teach them new words because there's a lot of new words now that back in the 70s and 60s, they probably don't know. So it's our job is to reintroduce this um to them. So we're going to be doing that. Uh, we're going to just really just try to make a difference um, in the community um, with our kids and with our uh, adults. Thank you so much, Ebony. And Jerry, I know like you're a lot of people who listen to your podcast or, you know, 
they're doing private practice yeah. rehab and and multidisciplinary clinics and they're probably like why would a pt go do this right yeah good um because where is the revenue coming from this or what's the you know let's talk about the dollars well let, let, let's think about the impact let's say impact right about that yes word. because impact I'll i think imp by the way in my world impact implies money uh change Yes. positive or negative, right? Because impact can be either. So change. So, you know, the impact and, and I hear some things in here. Um, yeah. So yeah, keep going, Lisa, please. No. So I think um, in my perspective, um, one of, there was an article I read that talked about that there are nine different types of capital and financial is just one of them. And so when you think about having a center that really is focusing in on youth or children, well, health and wellness. Yes, it may feel like it's outside of your wheelhouse as a rehab professional, but the first thing that it does is it reduces household burden, right? Because if I'm a parent or a caregiver and my children are taken care of, then that allows me to have more time for my health and wellness. The second thing is, is that Louisiana is known as the incarceration capital of the world, right? Not just the United States, but the world. So if we put children in places where they're at increased risk to be incarcerated, then that decreases, number one, the time and the financial resources that families have to have health and wellness. So by focusing in on the young people, we're able to actually promote the health and wellness of the family unit. And then um, Madam Director talked a lot about literacy. I don't know what's happening in other states, but in the state of Louisiana, we are looking at some legislation that will probably go in effect in the next couple of years that says that if a young person does not pass a literacy test at three pivotal time points in their educational career, so third grade, seventh grade, 11th grade, they could potentially be held back. Does not matter what their grades were in that class, they are going to be held back if they cannot pass that screening. So we are at the risk of having a large number of children not graduate from high school on time. And so for those of you that are private practice owners and you're like, we don't have enough PTs in the pipeline for my rural places, it's going to get even worse. Because if we have more children dropping out in that pre-K to, to, to 12th grade pathway, then guess what? There's even less kids that are going to undergraduate, which means there's even less kids that are going to be interested in PT. So although it sounds like it's not a PT or rehab issue, this is how you get upstream. This is how you get upstream to some of our workforce issues. This is how you get upstream to referral-based um, funnels. Because guess what? I, I don't have to go talk to your doctor. We got 40 kids here coming through the center, which means that we get to look at at least 80 adults if the typical family has a two-parent or two-caregiver home, where then you're able to say, hey, why are you walking like that? What's going on with your knee, right? Because now you've got a relationship with them because they've trusted you enough to care for their children. Yeah, they're going to trust you enough to be able to say, okay, that person sees something wrong with my gait or they see some asymmetry in the way that I sit. So let me go and do that PT evaluation with them. So it does feel like a different way of getting people in your door, 
but people understand that if you're willing to take care of my family, then you're probably going to take really good care of me. Excellent. Let me, um, let me throw something. So by the way, I think the word impact, um, described, <laughs> I think you just defined impact, uh, <laughs> Very well. No, which is good because I think the word is impact, right? We're right. We like to say outcomes, whatever, whatever, but it, it's the impact. Here's something else I like a lot. I've heard the word community a lot and it's great because it's been mentioned many times, right? I've been around this game for a while. And as Ebony was mentioning, some of those people from the sixties and seventies, some of us, or at least one of us on this call may resemble that. Um, I'm still laughing. Um, so so community, right? Right. Because here we are. So now, now let's get again, let's get a little dirty here. Right. People say, Oh, healthcare, it's not political healthcare. It's not this or that of which, right. We can say, okay, cool. What can you do? Cause we all know people say politics is local, right? Health is local, right? You guys are talking about serving your community. And I hope everybody just heard what Dr. Van who said, because this is impact that will stretch beyond her community yet they are serving their community. So that's the other big takeaway I want from what you all are doing and what we're sharing today is this, this, these are solutions in your community, go out and do this in your community. And I have a big secret. You don't have to become an APTA member to do this. You don't have to show up in DC to do this. You don't have to show up at your capital to do this. Show up in your community of 10,000 people, 30,000 people, 100,000 people, right? And th this is another takeaway I want from this of what does this have to do with me? Well, the last thing, if nothing else, right? If, I mean, I mean, the, the thing with the kids and the literacy, I mean, everybody on this should just be thinking of this snowball effect of good things, positive things, good things that are occurring from this. Yet from a business perspective, call it word of mouth, call it community advertising, call it community marketing. Yeah. And my gosh, I don't have kids, but I got to tell you, if parents trust you with your kids, don't you think you have a trust for life with people in your community? So yeah, I just wanted to start to bring this all together. And I, I love the, the transit or not transition. I love the description there. And I think, right, th this is the way I want people thinking. So right in this sitting, I think we said this before I hit record, so I'll own this, right? The sitting in the clinic and hoping to change this system, we're done, my friends. It was done a long time ago, but, but it's done. It's done. So we're going to own that right now. So you're going to have to move out of that, right? Yes, that's still going to be a part of people's business, but to make an impact, to make a big impact in your community and have it spread out, we're going to have to come out like the Ujima Institute is setting the example and doing. All right, I'm done for now. now. Jerry, I think you were spot on um, because like we do the traditional things like we've, you know, got our yard signs out front that say, hey, here's the services that we provide. But it really is once people walk through the door and they just say it just feels different. And there is a it is palpable when you walk through the door that you are someplace where you are going to be seen and taken care of and partnered with. Um, or it's the fact that they talked to somebody else who said, hey, you need to call them people, right? And one thing that we say, which I would love to see become the pattern across, you know, rehab providers is we are upfront about, okay, these are the resources and the services we provide. 
but we are willing to connect you with other people, right? We don't just go, oh, you have heard that. We don't do that. Can't help you here. Um, and that's one place where like Miss Ruthie, and then we also have Brandy Sims, who is our care coordinator that helps to kind of navigate people throughout the community. Um, the other thing that I heard you say, and I take this from Rob Tillman, who is also a private practice owner. I want to say he has like six clinics. Um, he talks all the time about thinking globally, but acting locally, right? And he's like, you know, think about how things are connected because that's the part we forget, right? That your clinic is connected to something else. And whatever's going on in that side of town where you don't wanna live, sooner or later, it's gonna impact you in taxes in some way. So you always gotta think globally what's going on, but then what's within your sphere of influence. And so Miss Ruthie can talk about, you know, kind of what our vision is. She is our, she is our visionary. She like, we finna go big. So I'm gonna yield to Miss Ruthie to add in some additional thoughts on that. Well, I, I just really, Jerry, wanna talk real quickly on the definition of community. We think community is basically the, 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 the uh, area in which we touch and see every day that we live in. But our community really stems from the people that we communicate with every day. Hence the word community, commune, people that we communicate with, we commune with. So we want to start making a change through G at the Ujima's uh, Institute. Our desire is to not only just to be a change, but make that change. And it starts with changing the culture, the way people think and the way people perceive healthcare, uh, 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 in-kind services. We want to take that piece of it and evolve it into something that people can say, oh, this, this can work. This, this is really tangible. This is really workable. So when I say that we're gonna, we, we don't go big, we grow big. And how do we grow big? One conversation at a time, changing one life with one conversation at a time. And that conversation is gonna spill into 10, 20, 30. And before you know it, we have a whole community outside of town and country, West Monroe, Monroe, Bastrop, all the surrounding areas. Before you know it, not only are we impacting our state, but we're impacting our nation, hence impacting our world. And that's why she's the director of operations. Lord have mercy. That was a, <laughs> I only wish I could be that concise and make this. Right? You said everything you needed to say and you were done. That was good. I took good notes. Too. I was writing stuff down that whole time. Thank yeah. you. So yeah, I man, there's so much to grab onto there. You know, so let, let's go back to um, local community. How about, because um, I don't want to, um, I don't want to blow over this, right? The people we communicate with, because that, as soon as you said that, that made me think bigger, right? Um, but uh, let's go back, because I'm still, I, I'm thinking a lot of things here. You know, you there's this let's use this word investment right so we talked about impact now let's use this word investment which we all know an investment can be multiple things like capital is it seems to me and you guys can tell me your um experience with this as i'm just saying it seems to me that there, there is going to be an investment from others in your community that maybe aren't using shall we say the center that are going to want people 
and I'm, I'm just thinking this, putting words together, that are going to want Ujima and the people coming there to be successful. Because like you said, uh, the literacy thing, man, th this is huge. And that law you said, that's going to have an impact negative on the community. You know, you brought it out to physical therapy, but again, I'm just thinking locally. Um, that's going to have an impact locally uh, negative. And so there are going to be people and business owners, let, let's just say it, business owners who are going to want, right, people to come through Ujima and be successful and be able to move through, not just the kids doing it, not just their parents, but other people have a vested interest, time, money, energy, um, in your program being successful. Would you, would you guys all agree? Have you guys, I mean, is that something I, I heard about partnerships and I don't know earlier, so I'm throwing a lot of stuff at you at one time, but I'm just having all these thoughts as you guys are sharing what you're doing. No, I think you're smart on because one of the things that I feel like we have done well is so Madam Director Ebony talked about the summer academic camp, right? The enrichment. So that was so beautifully and intentionally orchestrated. Um, like it was intentional in regards to social development, academic development, that then what has grown out of that is you're exactly right, is that other schools, legislators, community organizations have heard and have witnessed the impact of that, that they're like, wait a minute, we've got a group of young people over here that could benefit from your services, or could you possibly do something with adults, right? Or tell us about, you know, how you address other dimensions of wellness. So I think when you do something, doing it with intention, um, knowing what your um, outputs and outcomes are going to look like, and then recognizing that there's a beauty in human marketing, right? So Yes, you can tell people how wonderful you are and everything that you're doing, but when they hear it from someone else, that has just so much more impact and so much more value. Um, and so that has been just really amazing to the point of where we're at a place right now where we're like, are we potentially growing too fast, right? And that's a good problem to have. But then you're also going, but there's so much need. So we're trying to figure out, okay, how do we prioritize what we do? Or who do we need to partner with so that we can expand and meet the need that's being brought to us? Yeah, that, that's, yeah, that's great. Yeah. And so, right, these, right, or as I'm thinking, the impact to the community is greater, right? So these people, people, yeah. people's who see that this is good for the community when you talk about partnering, right? Like to see some of those people step up and say, hey, this is good for us. I mean, let's own it, you know, just own it. Hey, this will be good for me, my business, my, you know, whatever I'm doing. So, right, the, these are people that I would think, you know, can benefit from the partnering also. Yeah, this is interesting. I don't want to go too deep yeah. into that, but I'm just, I'm thinking out loud some of this. And again, trying to, um, shall we say, get, people listening to this to think about their community. I mean, I, I'm going to use another example, right? There's no different than going to an employer and saying, hey, I can help cut your, you know, your workers comp costs. Well, I mean, there, there's, you know, there's no, there is a difference here, sorry, but it's the same thing going out and saying, how can I help 
other people in the community. And th this is really a commitment too. Yeah. What, yeah, what you guys are doing. This, this I, is a commitment. Yeah, the ROI the is not today. No, no. But if you stop and think that the tip, how many interactions the typical human has in one year, right? That's still going to outweigh whatever ad you put in a paper. Yeah. Whatever so, yeah. social media, yeah, right? I'd like you go in there. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's a matter of you comparing which way you want to be able to market yourself out here. Um, the other thing is, is I am a firm believer that you, it's just basic laws of nature. You get what you put out. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And so what we're finding is that by us being very community facing, community is figuring out ways to interact with us more to the place of where, you know, we're budget black, right? Um, so there is a way to be a socially conscious organization, right? And you not have to martyr. There is a way in which to do it. Um, and I do think that in this day and age, especially when you look at like the Deloitte research, the younger generations, where they pick in, to work, where they pick to um, purchase, to be a customer, they're looking for socially conscious organizations. So this is going to become part of just your sustainability as a, as a business. Ooh, that was good. I like that. that. All that shared, not just that last part, because all that was building up. Yeah, that's good. I really, man, you know, because you're, you're looking, again, someone who was born in one of those decades that Ebony mentioned, probably one of the later... The, the oldest one um right and i, I yeah that th this is good stuff and I've, I've been in healthcare for 30 years now and um not <laughs> right i've been in healthcare 30 years and nothing has improved the, the only thing that's gotten bigger in healthcare is the cost right the cost to the system right it's just like pure insanity so you know when i i can't i can almost tell you when i first started realizing that that person sitting across from me for 45 minutes to an hour, it wasn't just about their back. It was, oh, you, you know what the tipping point for me? I, I got to mention this real quick because I still reference it frequently. The tipping point was when I saw the, um, the cardiac, the, um, the research in cardiac, and the only thing that correlated with a good or bad outcome was a zip code, right? That's where it started. And that's where I, and then, right, and then you start to pull in on the zip codes and you're like, starting as a person, me. I'm like, I'm starting to see a trend here. These aren't rich, white neighborhoods. Or by rich, let's not even rich. These aren't white neighborhoods, right? These are not places where I would probably choose to live. I'm like, wait a minute, something's going on here. And then, right, and then starting to, right, and engaging with people, Todd Davenport, other people. He's the first one that pops off the top of my head because he's the one I engage with a lot on this. And just going, my gosh, right, it's, th this is bigger. This is bigger than musculoskeletal. It's bigger than cardiac care. It's by the way, right? Yeah. Hey, look at this. We, we, we've got a, we, we've got a manpower problem. Well, yeah, 10 years ago, we passed legislation, right? Where the, the literacy thing and nobody was doing anything about it. So, yeah. So there's just a little bit of a share there about all this and how, how, and, and you, you alluded to the business side of it. It's good for business and right. And the bigger, the problem, Naveen Jain, great uh, Indian uh, entrepreneur said one of the most imp 
impactful things I've ever heard about entrepreneurship. He said, find a problem a billion people have, solve it and charge them all a dollar, right? So again, we go, we don't go big. Thank you, Ruthie. We grow big, right? And we solve bigger problems. And then from a business perspective, this is a thing I'm always looking at, right? Don't lie. I'm always looking at the business side and the number side. I'm like, there's just nothing but good things to generate up here. If we just walk ourselves upstream a little bit. And like you said, right? What's the capital? What's the return, right? What's the vision of this, right? Right. I, I like what you just said about people from the community scene and going, hey, this is right. It's impactful. It's doing good. It's running black. Like you said, it's running the black, the budget, everything, right? And then people are going to want to be involved, like you said. So all this, again, let me just tap this and I'll stop is right. So as a business owner, as a healthcare practitioner, right? Thinking about there is a huge impact to your business, your community, no matter how big for Ruthie, right? Right. That you can, you can benefit from being a leader in your community doing what everybody's talking about today. Yeah. True. This is a big brain dump for me. So I'm going to stop talking again. No, you're good, Jerry, because I mean, the, the upside of it is, is so here at the Ujima Center, so we have multiple streams of revenue that come in, right, um, from each of these services that we provide. And Greenit, you know, a lot of people are kind of negative towards, you know, Medicaid um, populations. But I think that's where people have to educate themselves because like in Louisiana, Medicaid is actually one of the better payers. Um, it's some of our commercial payers that are actually $15, $20 less than our Medicaid rate. So, so you, you also have to really kind of sit down and say, okay, where's the needs in our population and challenge the bias, the myths that you tell yourselves about specific payers because you may find out that you're wrong. Um, the other thing that I think we've been really intentional about, regardless of which service line it's coming from, is we know that we live in an area where the household income is lower than the state and also the national income. So like Madam Director did an amazing job with our summer um, academic enrichment camp by making sure that it was priced at a point that was realistic for families because we knew that we were going to have families that were going to be making a decision to allow us to care for their children, but we didn't want them to have to make decisions between that and their light bill, right, or that and their health care. So she did an amazing job of coming with a price point that actually we ended up being the cheapest op option in both Monroe and West Monroe, but we were able to pay our employees a wage that was actually $2 more than the average wage. And we still were able to break black um, with that. So it can be done if you sit down with the numbers, but if you just go based off of kind of what you think, um, then you'll scare yourself out of being socially conscious and also being, to me, it's a moral, it's a moral issue, right? Where I can't price something at a point that's beyond the, the average household income for my catchment area and then go, well, but you got access 
sucks. No, you don't. You don't. So yes, a diamond ring might be in front of me, but if I can't buy it, I still ain't got access. Um, not unless I'm a seal it. And then y'all gonna be mad at me when I steal stuff. So I think we just have to be very realistic with that. I saw you smiling, Mother Ruthie. What you what you guys are say up there? No, I, I I just really love the way you put that. And 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 also, I mean, and that's the driving piece that caused me to want to come and work for this grassroots nonprofit. Uh, Jerry, is that it's truly a nonprofit in every sense of a way. Dr. Van Hoos is not looking for a way to build her bank account or, 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 or find a way to get that diamond ring. You know, this is truly a nonprofit organization that's uh, just willing to meet a need, an immediate need. And we have to be, you know, of course we have to be budget neutral, but we also have to meet the needs of the people in the community at a place, meet their need where they are. You know, not say come up here where we are, but meet their needs right where they are, you know, and it may, it may be setting aside the brass ring for now or, or whatever the case may be, or that high six-figure income for now. But hey, we here to, to, to meet a need in the community. And that's, that's, that's just the end of it, you know, that's the just of it. I appreciate you saying that. So just connect the dots here, right? So do the homework. It's not about what you think. Let's go back to what Dr. Van Hoos said. Do the homework, right? Because you can go into a community if you are aware of what's going on. You can look at how, right? You can look at household incomes, meaning income. Yet you can also look, like Dr. Van Hoos said, look at the payment, right? Medicare payment, right? So, right? Oh, Medicaid, right? I can't take that. It, it doesn't pay me. It's like, well, yeah, it does. Oh, it does? Well, all of a sudden it shifts someone thinking. So, Based on what Ruthie just said and Dr. Van Hoos said, I want everybody to connect the dots there. It, like with everything we do in life, you got to do your homework, my friends. And healthcare, I'll say it, healthcare is one of the worst for this, right? I talk to people every day. Um, we just, you know, we think we know it, right? Hey, where'd you, how, oh, tell me more. And then they can't, right? So it's like, yeah, part of it, it's, it's not a leap of faith here, like, right? Let, let's face it. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, say Dr. Van Hoos did not take a leap of faith here and hope that, you know, everything caught and fell into place. I mean, we're hearing someone who did their homework and, uh, and it's paying off, man. Yeah. And, and we, so I was thinking about some of the words that you had used, Jerry. And so if you start off with just investigation, right? So investigate, um, then the other part of it is kind of what you said, figure out the impact. So based on your resources, who you have within your network, you know, what's your impact going to be? Um, and then the investment, right? And so those would kind of be the first three eyes that we went down this road. But one of the things that I'm learning as a new business owner is that I've got to be able to work through the feedback loop, right, as quickly as possible. So, you know, once we've done our investigation, we figured out our impact, um, we figured out what the investment needs to be for this service line or this activity, then we implement it with the minimal viable product. So then that way we can get community feedback so that we can revise it and we start back over. And we're okay with being in that constant area of innovation, right? So investigate it figure out your impact, 
then figure out what the investment needs to be, implement it, and then continue to innovate um, because things are constantly changing. If you, in my mind, if the Ujima Center looked the same next week as it did this week, then we're not doing something right because that means we're not listening to community. We're not reassessing our outcomes. We just going through the motions. But we should constantly have a little bit of change that's occurring so that we can provide a better product and a better service. Yeah. And that's where intentionality comes in. Yeah. Ooh, put that yeah. eye in there. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, th thanks for connecting that. Thanks for connecting that. I think that's really good. So everybody go back and listen, roll this back to right, right when Dr. Ben, who started speaking until Ruthie said intentionality and listen to that a couple times over and think about, right? Well, no, just write it down and reflect on it a little bit. Don't think about anything. Um, just write it back down. So yeah, that was good. The intentionality that that was said early on. Um, you said it, Ruthie. Uh, Dr. Van Hoos might have said it, but you said it first, Ruthie, because I wrote it down. And you came back to it. I think that's it. That's a big word here. Right? Ebony, you got anything? No, I'm just enjoying listening um, to what you guys are saying. But uh, when Miss um, Evanson Doc was talking about, you know, us making sure that it stays in the community, I remember when our summer enrichment program started, we had a parent, um, she came into the center and she was inquiring about the services and things like that for her uh, kids. And I told her the price and she was like, well, I don't know. So like if I could afford that. So I was like, well, just give me a couple of seconds. So I called the friend and I was like, hey, I need you to sponsor somebody for me. So I went to the parent. I told like I said, OK, hey, it's sponsored. Um, you know, like you could just, you know, just pay the $60. Like then I um, backdoor and said, no, um, like it's paid for. So do not um, worry about it. This parent lives off of, off of um, a social security check. She has two kids. She came in one day and she brought me a 20. And I was like, no, it's covered. She was like, no, I'm paying my part. So then she came back two weeks later and she brought 40. Like she said, I paid my $60 and used this $60 for, for um, another child. And keep in mind that this parent is on a fixed income of probably like $785 a month. And one day she came and it was about to rain. So like, it was like sunny and cloudy all at the same time. And me and Doc was just standing there like, and I was like, did she ride a bike up here with two kids? And we asked her, we was like, well, you know, it's about to rain. And she informed us that she got on the bus here in uh, Murrah, Louisiana, got on the bus um, with her two kids and her bike, got off the bus and rode her bike up here to drop her kids off at camp. So we was like, well, it's about to rain. And her daughter told, you know, mommy, it's about to rain. And she said, it's worth the on ride. So anytime that you feel like that life sucks, just think back to the parent who rode a bike with two kids to drop their kids off at the summer camp. So that's whenever I knew that the Ujima Center was making a difference in just a couple of months of being open. Right. And so those are the inspirations. If we're going to write, if we're going to add the seventh 
high because we like the number seven here at the Ujima Center. It's so like that story of, you know, what this mother is doing to make sure that her children are here because she knows that her children belong and are cared for here. You know, like when you think of the hierarchy of needs, if you can meet people at their basic needs, right? And yes, it doesn't sound like it makes business sense, but if people know their, their physiological needs are met, their safety needs are met, and they feel like they belong in a space, because the running joke here is like our waiting room next to the Durham entryway, we initially thought we would just call it a waiting room, right? Because that's kind of medicinal. That's what we do in, in, in healthcare. Has now been nicknamed the living room. I shouldn't even say nicknamed. It is the living room. That's what community started oh, that's calling That's so it. good. Think about that. Think about that. Oh, my God. I want everybody to pause again and think about calling your waiting room the living room, right? And that that's the impact you're having with the people coming in. Yes. And so, and don't try to micromanage it. Right. So, cause some people would be like, oh, we want to get them people out of there. or It gets a little loud or you might come to our living room and there's people playing dominoes and checkers in there. But even if you're coming in for health and wellness, you want to come into a place that has joy and energy in the right. Cause there's healing that occurs with that. For those of you who follow alternative complementary medicine, the culture, the climate of an environment can also heal. And so that's part of the therapy that we offer is just this socialization and you being able to come to the living room. But like even today, um, so we have a massage therapist that's here on staff. Um, I'm going to tell you this too, for those of y'all that are like, I'm having a hard time finding hard people. So I told you, we are out here in Monroe, Louisiana. We got one Walmart. We got an airport that's got three gates. Really only two of them are active, active. Miss Ruthie laughing because we drive to Jackson, Mississippi, if we want to go to a big airport. Um, we got a few grocery stores, but we country. But we have a therapist that's actually coming in two weeks from Philadelphia that is relocating to Monroe because she is like, I want to be there. I want to be boots on the ground. I want to be a physiotherapy therapist, a community-based physiotherapist. We have another young man who is actually up in the Colorado area who's like, I don't know what I need to create, but I need to come work with y'all next summer full-time. So when you have this very socially conscious, justed-minded, you're you're addressing people's basic needs which then allows them to trust you enough to address their rehab needs workforce will hear that and they will want to come and like the young man that i was telling y'all who wants to come next summer he was like well what's the salary range and so i told him you know what our range was and he was like i wasn't anticipating making that much right so they are willing to come and come and even take a, a pay cut. Like Miss Ruthie was talking about, you know, her decision to come work with us. What she's not telling y'all is so Miss Ruthie has decades of experience in corporate leadership. She's actually working on a PhD in strategic leadership. So I find that every day she comes and sits and does her work as director of operations, she's doing an in-kind donation of more than 50%. Um, but I'm telling you that if you can be 
very specific and intentional on being a socially conscious organization, people will come because people want to have impact in their life. Oh, it's so true, man. So, so, so here's what I'm going to say right now as the outsider looking in it's in, in, and we touched this a couple of times, right? Do your homework, be intentional. Cause this is where I really want to drive this to is this requires homework. My friends, the work you put into it, right. As you're thinking, okay, how am I going to do this? Or you're thinking, fuck, I can't do this. I told everybody we had to say a curse word before we got through this. So you're thinking right now, fuck, I can't do this. It's like, sit back and do some homework. Just grab a freaking piece of paper. You don't even need a computer or nothing. I got, by the way, I got piles of paper here, right? I'm taking notes as everybody's speaking and I'll, I'll look at these and I'll reflect on them. Take, you know, be intentional. Think, think about what you want to do, by the way. Uh, and again, I think there are things, right? If you want to do exercise, look at creating a summer program built around exercise, right? For the kids, um, anything like that, but do the homework and be intentional. I, I think this is a huge, huge takeaway here with the outcome and the results you're, you're looking for and think bigger. Don't, don't, don't think, right. Oh, I want, I want to increase cardiac health. No, no, sorry. That, that's not the goal here. It's right. It's what's going to be the impact bigger to, again, the community. Yes. Come on, Jerry, because like with your example on cardiac health, yeah, you could pick that yeah. small goal. Exactly. But really you're trying to expand the lifespan of people, right? So, and now in this day and age of data, you can find out data about your census track, your zip code. You know, Jerry was talking about how the zip code is the determiner, um, determinant of many of these healthcare related outcomes and factors. And he's exactly true. Um, but all that data is at your fingertips. So you just got to take some time and sit down with it if you want to be an intentional business owner or an intentional th um, therapist or an intentional community health worker. But if you choose to just go through the motions and, you know, do what is good for you, then yeah, you don't have to do that. But if you want to expand your impact and really make a difference, um, it's just a decision. It's just one decision away because the data is easily accessible. So I'm loving this was not y'all. We didn't have this pre-planned, but I'm hoping. By the way, I everybody, I didn't even know all these people were going to be on here today, just for the record. Yes, but we show up as a team everywhere we go. I love we'll it. Right. We'll tell you, we we had a meeting with a corporation, and they was expecting one person. I think we went five deep. They was <laughs> like, "Oh, wait a minute, right?" Because we like our people gonna meet with your people, and that's the other thing that I do want to say that I wrote down, Jerry, is that yes you may not be able to do it, but that's the reason why you've got to investigate and then figure out who you need to partner with. Because I can't run the Success Academy. That is not my wheelhouse. I will jack that up. So that's why you need a madam director like Ebony, who has been in early childhood development for years. So it was just a matter of saying, hey, got this crazy idea, you run with it and create it hire good people and then get out of their way. And then like for Miss Ruthie, I was like, we've got to stay compliant. We need to upskill our workforce. Then we need to work with the community to help empower and engage them because this is going to be an all hands on deck. Miss Ruthie was like, I got that. Right. So she took that over. 
I basically sit in what is known as my troll hole where I do research. (laughs) I do research and then I I also help out where needed with the community center um, in regards to fundraising and fundraising. But you may not be able to do it yourself, but that's why we kind of lean on our culture of Ujima where everyone brings their gifts. Everybody has a gift. And then you let that person maximize their gifts and don't micromanage it. That's where I often find owners um, get into, they just get in the way. Even like the front office, if y'all were to meet Ms. Brandy, I give Ms. Brandy my ideas. She runs our health and wellness um, clinic. And then she's like, I'm going to switch this up. I'm going to do something different. I'm like, you you do it because that's who does the work. Right. So, I mean, yeah. she's sitting there every day. She talks to everybody. She's in touch with everybody. Right. So, yes. No reason. Yes. So I got our seven eyes. Yeah. I was just going to say, let, let's uh, that I was going to make you roll yes. up with the seven eyes, by the way. And the seven eyes were not predetermined. They just came to us during this call. We believe. Oh, in awesome. That. Oh, wow. Um, that's exciting. Yeah, that's how that's how this thing works, I too. It. I don't know oh, what funny. I was like, oh, Lisa, I was getting ready to go. Lisa, uh, go back to your eyes that you guys work from. <laughs> no, we this this came in the spirit. Um, So we've got investigation. We've got after investigation. What's your intention? Intentionality. Then from that intentionality, what's going to be your impact? Now, this is where you can either be small or you can grow big. Because if you're going to do it alone, then it's probably going to be a small impact. But if you're going to do it with others, oh, you could change the world. Then what's the investment that's needed? Then implementation. Then after that, you got to reassess it and innovate it. So innovation. And then find your inspiration. because this work requires endurance and sustainability. And so you're gonna have to have something that's gonna inspire you both internally and externally, because this is where people get tired because they're like, nope, this is not working. You gotta have some inspiration to stay in this because nothing hurts community more than watching people parachute in and out. Um, So you gotta be like, nope, I'm gonna be in and with the people. Yeah. And find a power neutral um, structure. So like Ebony and Miss Ruthie, I can go on vacation. They'll run this thing, can make decisions and run it. So that's the other thing. Try to be as flat and as power neutral as possible so that you as the owner, you're not slowing stuff down while people are waiting on you. That's so true. Yeah. So Ebony, Ruthie, Y'all got any other thoughts? I've been talking a lot as I talk about being power neutral. Let me shut up. Let me yield to the real people that do the stuff. Uh, no, Dr. Van Hoos, uh, you have summed it up with the with the seven eyes. And uh, I'm just so glad that that inspiration came aboard on this call. It's, it's a tool that we're going to take. We're going to build a platform around it. We're going to run with it. You did awesome. You did awesome. I wish you guys could see the actual video of this because Ebony doesn't have her video on. And I just heard a voice that says you did awesome. And I feel so inspired now. So right. Yeah. And, and I kind of, my mindset is I'm like, did I make Ebony and Ruthie proud? Yeah. Um, because they, I, I've only lived here three years. And so I yield to them as the community experts. That's the other thing. I feel like every business needs to have 
either community members that are actually on their staff that can serve as experts and can really say, I don't know if that's the best way to do that. Um, if you can't bring them on your staff, you need to have a, an advisory council. Because um, when you look across your workforce, if they don't represent the community you're serving, you 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 might, you might be colonizing, right? Nice. So you <laughs> so you need to make sure that what you're doing is actually what the community wants, and not that you're coming in trying to make decisions. That's also called saviorism. Um, neither of which is about anybody other than you. Where um where can they? find info now so there's the ujima institute right where can they find info on the ujima center or is it all in the same place or do they so just... there's there's two websites um so www.theujimacenter.org kind of like the ohio state right so we are the ujimacenter.org um, and then from there, you can actually find any of the services that we provide, any information about our um, our family of companies under our initiative tabs. You'll see a beautiful picture of Madam Director um, Ebony because she's fearless. So she was like, I need a fearless picture up there, which is also true. But um, and you'll see pictures of just community members just coming together. So like this weekend, um, there was a food pantry and also a clothing pantry um, that was held in coordination with our faith-based partner, Greater Realness Cathedral. Um, and so it's just really everything we do, we do in lock and step, um, either as a team of individuals or as a team of um, business owners and, and organizations, because complex problems are normally going to take more than just one. That's a good point. I didn't want, I didn't want to talk too fast after that. Cause that's good. Cause that's the second time we've heard complex today. And I want, I think after hearing the, right. It's not, it ain't simple. Or let's say it, it's simple. It's not easy. Cause it's as simple as seven eyes, but you yes. all know, but you all know that's not easy. And then when you look at the complexity of it all interwound together, and this is where we started. And I think I'm want to loop back to it is, right? Is let's just go here. Health, health. Oh, oh, by the way. Yeah. Okay. To hear something else. I just glanced down on my notes. Health is complex. My friends, people are complex, no matter where they are, no matter what they're dealing with, they're complex. I like, um, you guys also took wellness and I'm I, everybody can go back and find it somewhere, but I, I heard wellness spoken about in a broader sense than I've ever thought about it. So want people to think about the word wellness and what it truly means to the community. Because if you think about where Ebony started, well, wellness is going to be about literacy for, for the younger people that you guys are serving in the community. So we've got to take that term wellness and really broaden it in healthcare in general. And, you know, just speaking in a broad sense from coast to coast, from North to South, East to West. So, so much good yeah. stuff here. So much good stuff. I appreciate yeah, no, everybody's time. We are definitely in agreement with you, Jerry, because, um, and that's where that intentionality that Mother Ruthie was talking about, um, because like our clinical arm is called the Ujima Wellness and Rehab. See, Your like wellness yeah. is the priority. Yeah. Right. Because in our world, we're hoping you don't have to see us for rehab. You are correct. Well, and there's another great takeaway. So here we go again. So we have complexity, we have intentionality, 
And the other thing is getting rid of this. Again, I, I said it differently, but I just want to put it in the context of you can't sit and wait for people to get sick. You can't sit and wait for people to need your help. We have to think of wellness, right? It's wellness. It's yes. how do I keep someone out of here? Right. Yes. And then you start with the intentionality, you collect the data that's needed to then go to payers and say, but guess what? In this particular census tract where we have our impact, your beneficiaries only cost you this much because of our wellness programs. So how about you pay us this, right, to manage their care? Because that's always going to be cheaper than rehab. But that means that you got to have an investment where you're collecting some data for a while. I think we all forget that we all need to be in this research scientist space. And um, so we root ourselves in what's known as action research, the action research model that um, has been around for a long, long time. It comes from um, Lewin. But it's just a way in which to do kind of social research um, in a very practical manner. And so um, if you're somebody interested in transforming society, right, APTA. Yeah, I've heard that somewhere. We're transforming society. Um, action research is probably the methodology you want to use. And it's awesome. easy to just integrate into your clinical. Oh, practice. Lord, now I'm even going to look into it. <laughs> Did I sell you on that, Jerry? Yeah, you sold me on it right there. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm a quality. I'm, I'm a qualitative guy, right? I, right. I hate, uh, and just again, in action research sounds like something that takes more of a, I'm going to use a term here, a holistic, a bigger view instead of at my, and, and I get, I get credit for this. I'm like, you can't RCT down the complexity of a person. Right. And so, yes, there's value to research. Yes, there's value to RCT, but when it comes to taking action and doing these things and, oh, by the way, taking action, that's perfect action research, doing things in the, your community, you got to be able to, right. Transfer some of this information and, and move forward with Yes, some intentionality, but a little bit of trust. And yes, this work is right because I've been measuring the right things. So I'm going to take yeah. this next step forward and do the next thing. Because yeah. that that's a really great point because um, RCTs are primarily going to look at, you know, whether or not if something works. But we are fully aware of what's not working. Yeah, that's yeah, there, there, yeah, there's a great direction the, to go with a lot of these social and structural determinants of health. So then in that case, an RCT probably isn't needed. What we need is effectiveness research, which go. isn't what an RCT is. So that's where if, if you're not investigating, if you're just listening and being like, OK, somebody just tell me what to do, then you're like, well, if I can't do it as a clinical trial or as a, you know, high quality RCT, then it's not research. That's probably what's not needed um, if we're going to quickly have impact out here on some of these social issues. Um, so, yeah, but it, I, I think mixed methodology um, is probably the place we all need to be a combination of, you know, some demographic data or some 
you know, quantitative data points, and then you add that in with some qualitative data, because the qualitative data is where you're going to understand people's perspectives. Um, and that's where you're really going to be able to get into the place of innovation and what community um, wants and needs. So I think mixed methodology um, is, is probably the low hanging fruit for a lot of what we want to do. The other thing that I think we as clinicians and business owners, you are sitting on a ton of data, right? A ton of data. When you think about how many patients you treated, how many data files. So who do you need to partner with to have an external IRB so that then you can start, you know, if you've got a skill set to look at that data or do you need to partner with somebody to start looking at your data? Um, but I think that is our lost, that's our lost opportunity is really maximizing the data that's in all these clinics. Um, it was probably about a year, a couple of years ago, I had asked Heidi about um, social determinants of health coding, kind of how were we doing in this rehab space? And she was like, nobody's really coding for SDOHs. And I'm like, that's going to bite us in the butt because- uh, yeah. CMS does not issue a code just because they thought it would be interesting. I'm like, they're going to use that data to determine reimbursement later on, and we're not going to have any inputs in there. So yeah, then that, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. yeah, so it's going to impact us on the back end. So I'm like, for all you out there that's like, oh, I'm tired of hearing about social determinants of health. I'm like, that is going to be tied to reimbursement. And what it's going to end up happening is, is they're going to base our reimbursement on somebody else's data because we're not contributing. Yeah, that that's great. Ooh, this is all good stuff. This is all good um, business stuff for, right? Again, when people are sitting down and being intentional and investigating, right? This is the way they got to be thinking. Yeah, because I mean, the data is strong that 80% of someone's health outcome is based on their social and structural determinants of health. And so, yes, I am a PT, I'm a scientist. I think my PT skills are pretty good. But really what people walk through this center asking for is Ruthie and Ebony. Right. Yeah, because right. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt that for freaking half a second. Yes. Right? I'm still. Got, yeah. Yeah. You know, the biggest impact I'm going to tell you right now, we've been on the phone for our sorry phone we've been on this uh been on this for about an hour the biggest impact now i'm still thinking of this the, the ebony with her summer program and right and how this is going to pan out right and and um short term long term right it just it, i i keep every time you're talking about something i keep panning back to what she shared right at the beginning or sorry circling back to what she shared at the beginning and again the impact of that and looking at possibly right these other things that it's going to impact and right and being able in the world in your community in the world where you oh, guys yeah. are right being able to look at this change did we get the change yes or no right because what miss madam director because she's she's over there trying to be humble right now um so that summer program initially started as a pre-k through fifth sixth grade program but then we started having people walk through the door and talk to Madam Ruthie and was like, wait a minute, what, what are we doing for the pre-teens the, the pre and the teenagers? So then Ebony 
worked with her team and some community partners and came up with a mentoring program. So then we had teens that were in-house pretty much all day. By the now, way, I saw those on, I wanted to, I wanted her to know. I yes. saw the teen, a, a big part of what I saw you guys doing. I saw the teens. I saw the science stuff that yes. uh, you guys were doing, Ebony. I saw it on social media. I don't know where I saw it. I saw it on social media, but I saw okay. the teens in there. Yeah, I, I saw that. And I saw, I saw the science things you guys were doing. So that, yeah. So, I mean, like, so then she started working on like social development and academic development. And so, Ebony, I'm going to yield to you to talk about how that changed those young people's lives <coughs> and the changes that they had, how that's going to impact their lives as adults, right? Because we've got young kids now that aren't in the street having, you know, being promiscuous or you know, increasing their risk of incarceration, right? So I'm sorry to all the pelvic health therapists in the world, you know, there's 12 less kids that are going to need your help because they're not going to have inflammatory pelvic disease, but they're going to be some <laughs> others. But I, I do want Ebony to talk about the outputs and the outcomes of that program, because it was brilliant how um, she and um, Brandy put that together. So we had a mentoring team program. It just started off as just, you know, just how Doc said about us trying to get, you know, people asking about the teenagers. So we had this young lady that um, she referred four teams to us. And then we had some teams from our uh, faith base that came over. And um, it started off as just us trying to mentor them on their self-esteem, um, what they want to be when they grow up, like the proper way to um, write a, a resume, talk about ACT, talk about uh, hygiene. So with our young ladies, it kind of went a lot deeper than we kind of expected it to go. Um, we had... Um, where um, they did not want to go home. They would dread going home. Like, and it even got to where um, they started staying on on, on, on like, Wednesday nights for church. They was like, no, um, we'll stay with y'all like until church start. And it's never, it's never um, that we, you know, forced them to come. It's just that they was just being so loved here to where they would just come here and, and like learn and play, but and stay and where we was wondering that sometimes they are coming here, you know, sleepy. And one of the teenagers said, this is the only piece um, that I get sometimes is being here. And they turned the spaces into their bedroom. The spaces is where they did everything at and those teenager girls, they like really changed the lives of us and to see exactly what more um, we can pour into the community for our young teenagers. Cause these were seven, eighth graders and freshmen and they chose to be here all day, every day. And now these young ladies, um, they have joined volleyball cheerleading and dance line so now um, they are involved in their school one of them is running for the president of her school so it was just uh eye-opener to now you know pour not 
So um, not only little kids' lives, but uh, pour back into our team. So on September 24th, um, we're doing um, a team day. And that day is just dedicated to teenagers where we're going to, you know, set up games, but also talk to them and see exactly um, what they need in this community because, you know, uh, Monroe is a very small area and it's very high uh, crime rate as well. So we're trying to bring them in and to keep them safe. And the team camp, it took a totally different spin. We have two that wants to be doctors. Um, we have a cosmetologist, we have a lawyer, we have an entrepreneur, we have our young men, um, one uh, wants to be uh, going to the forces, then we have two that wants to be a marriage counselor. So it was just good to see these teenagers evolve and they even stepped in and started doing things for the for, um, for the Success Academy. So they start, you know, volunteering, helping with the kids and it just turns into when you will come in the center during the summer, you'll see kids everywhere. You'll see them walking around with no shoes on. You will see them literally at home. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's going to be big, right? So I'm just going to circle back. Oh, go, Lisa. Go. go oh, go. I was just like, yeah, Jerry, because there is the potential that that program this academic year might actually grow to 200 kids. So we're in a conversation with some community partners because people have seen the changes in those young people. Yeah, here we go again. That's that that's, impact that. Yeah, the impact to the community. So the outside looking in is going, hmm. hmm. Yes, because they're like, wait a minute, those children are inter mm -hmm, they're mm -hmm. interacting differently mm -hmm. at home. Mm -hmm. and in classrooms right and now you've got them engaged in physical activity organized physical activity so if you want to talk about rehab impact right so if you in areas where childhood obesity is high now you've got these these young people are now active very active right and then you know if you want to stick to the traditional model if they were to have an injury guess where they're going to want to come to so that's where, yes, it may not feel traditional and it may not feel right, but you got to play the long game that you're, we're trying to get out of an episode of care. We're trying to have an episode of life. Oh, that's good. That's right? good. That's good. So, yeah, that's, that's what I got from Miss Ruthie. That's how she, she done changed yeah, my life. That's good. Well, it wasn't go big. It was grow big, right? There's another <laughs> one I keep going back to. But right, that's an episode of life, not an episode of care in my, just from what I'm putting together. Yeah, so this is good. I I'm, I'm, I thank you for pulling things back to like, right, this kind of, so people can see this uh, similarity of with the work that they're doing, right? Or can do, shall we say. And we're back to the eyes again, right? So what kind of, right, what kind of impact can you have with some intention, right? And some reflection and innovation in your community, like uh, Ebony is talking about. And it's just one decision away. It's really not. It's just one yeah, decision. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. It really is. Yeah, the, this yeah. isn't, like I said, it's not, right? We've talked about complex. People are complex. This is not complex. No, I think people will be complex. And especially if you don't ask people about their complexity, 
because yeah, mm -hmm. right because most of us can tell you about ourselves everybody's yeah. a doctor of something yeah in the pt world doctors of pt if we would just let the doctors of whomever that lived experience speak and listen that could make some of this really simple because most people know what they need. They know what their basic needs are. And then if oh, you we can... hate that, Lisa, you know that we hate that. Fuck, we hate that. I know. Fuck, don't tell me. Don't tell me. <laughs> don't tell me what you need. I'll tell you. Fuck, I would do that. That was the right? first half of my career, by the way. I'll own it right now. That whole expert thing yeah. that you ain't got to tell me nothing. I'm the expert, um, but you ain't the expert in a lived experience. You boo boo the fool. So, yeah. So you got to own the fact that you are only experts in a content area, but as a physical therapist, wow. as a rehab, as a clinician, your job is to take your expertise and integrate it within that person's life. And that can only happen if you listen. So oh, that's how let's you go back to Ebony again. So Ebony getting the feedback, right. From even from the teenagers and the kids and kids, whatever. Um, the teenagers and talking about the feedback and listening what they needed and right and how that story of what she just shared evolved from listening. I've heard that mentioned. Someone, I can't credit it to one of you three, I can't credit it to the right person. But one of you talked about the listening and quickly, you know, listening to the people showing up and then doing something and then listening to your community and then doing what needed to be done next. That That's another big thing people need to take away from this. Yeah, and that's where it takes a system. So like Miss Ruthie is amazing at saying there has to be structure. Yeah, right. Right, right? because the structure is what allows us to quickly be able to go through the feedback loop. So some people think about like, DEI justice work is just kind of being like all these feelings and thoughts and we just gonna get together and kumbaya it yeah if if the focus is you because in that case you got what you wanted you wanted to feel good but if you're really trying to have impact sustainable impact there has to be a structure and a process and that's where Ruthie helps to keep us centered where she's yeah, like yeah, we got to yeah, follow yeah, the process yeah. so that way we can look at the data and we can know what's working and not working yeah. so that we can be good stewards of our resources right yeah all that all that yeah excellent excellent so any last parting words when Anyone? you move into when you move into Morocco yeah, right. Well, I can't believe you said someone's coming down from Philly. By the way, that's where I am, right? I'm like, good for them. <laughs> um, and no, in a good way, right? Yeah. No, I'm coming down. I guarantee you I'm coming down. So I'll get to meet all of you. I'll let you know. So I, I've already was talking to my wife about coming down. So um, her and I both coming down. Because now, now that we've done this, now I got to see it, right? I, yeah. I want to be there during the day. I want to be there, right? Not just for an hour or so. But I want to hang out and just see what's going on. We'll yeah, take a picture of you. <laughs> <laughs> Ebony from behind the dark screen again, man. <laughs> that was awesome. We'll take a picture of you next to your face. Yeah, I love it. That's right. awesome. That's awesome. So this is good. I appreciate all of you. I appreciate all. Of I came on. It was Ruthie. And I was like, hey, Ruthie. <laughs> so I was like, all right. And then and then it was great. About two minutes in, she no, it was even longer. She goes, I really don't know what we're doing or why I'm here. <laughs> it was awesome. So 
And then Ebony came on and no one could hear her and she was freezing up. So then at least Ruthie and I had something to do because we just right. would sit here and tell Ebony we couldn't hear her or she was frozen. So, so it was all good. Now I appreciate, and you're right. It's gotta be the whole team. Cause right. Everybody and all my notes and just putting these dots together and thinking about these things going on. And this is exactly what I wanted to achieve. So this is awesome. And I appreciate Lisa, you bringing it back and talking about the business side of it and talking about that side of it so that nobody can listen to this and go, I don't know how it would impact me. No one can do that now after this, right? That's or I don't know how so. I could impact. Yeah, I guess, I guess it'd be, I don't know how I could impact my community in a different way. I'd be like, what the hell were you doing? Well, and the other part of it is, is, you know, don't be prideful. If you need help, reach well, out here to we go us. again. And, and you said this early on, and I know you said this, Lisa, and this, you know, I was talking to someone today about this. I said, just because you can't help someone doesn't mean you hang up on them. I said, right. we have an obligation. I've even said ethical, by the way, for the record, I said, we have an ethical obligation. If we, if someone says, this isn't going to work for me. We have an obligation to go, okay, well, let me help you get to the next step. Yes. Yes. So no matter how, you no matter where we are in this system, no matter what we're talking about, we all owe that to someone saying, I need your help. Can't help you click. And I'm like, really? Really? Right. I used to have, you know, I did the phone calls in my business. So, right. I had a sticky note with like two or three clinics and that I knew well. Right. And if it got to it, I said, well, you know what? I have a couple numbers here. And I even told some people and I go, if you can't get in, you call me because I'm going to call them. I would even tell them that. Right. And, um, because again, part of me was, I felt like I owed it. I did. I felt like, I'm like, why are we hanging up on people without, you know, making sure they understood the next step. I, I so agree. So and that's how that's how you use your privilege. Yeah, you are correct. 130 yes. percent. Um, yeah. And that's what I say. So building these resources and having people use I used to tell people all the time, just call me. And they were like, what? And I go, just call us. I, I actually that's interesting. You said that, Lisa, because I always said the highest. Oh, how do I put this? I'm sorry. The highest compliment you could get in your business was someone calling you and asking you a question that didn't benefit you financially. I said, that's how much they respect you. That's how much they value you. I had people call and ask me for eye doctors and I helped them find one because I was like, if they called me to ask me this question, my God, right? Yes. Right. I had people who injured themselves who obviously needed to see an orthopedic surgeon who said, Jerry, blah, blah, blah. You're never going to guess what happened. And I was like, oh my gosh. So did you have surgery? No, I called you first. That's when you know you're, you're providing holistic care. Right. And, and you're doing what, and even the people who, because don't, because a lot of this happened when I was answering that first phone call and I'd have people call back who didn't schedule. Right. That's how I knew we were making I was like, okay, we're on the, we're, we're on to something here, right? Now we just got to continue this, right? Yes, yes. So but again, if you're if you're stuck in the short game, you're gonna be like, oh, they're wasting my time, right? Click, click, nope. It's a waste nope, of resources. No, nope, like, no, nope. no. Nope. I used to love doing this, sitting next to people, not get the, you know, ABC physiotherapy. How can I help you? Oh no, sorry, we don't click. And I go, what they need? Oh, they want to know if we took their insurance. I said, oh, okay, so. 
what problem are they trying to solve? Well, I don't know. I go, but they called a physical therapy office. Well, all they wanted to know about was their insurance. And I go, but they called a physical therapy office. You think they might have a problem that needs to be solved that we could help them with? Right. And that we can help them with, meaning AKA we can be a resource. We can do whatever. Right. And they're asking about their insurance for a reason. Well, right. So let's just, yeah. So let's go, Hey, I'm happy to have this conversation. By the way, I said, no, but hold on. This is, and it, right. I learned this the hard way because I was the one hanging up on people. Meaning I finally, one day was just like, I got to find out why I'm calling and having a way to keep track, right? So even if it's just a simple sheet of paper that says, wait a minute, we've got, got this many calls. That's about- what I had, right? I had, I call it a lead tracker. It's just everybody who called in, whether they scheduled or not, I tell everybody. And I tell everybody, you owe them a call back if they didn't schedule. I make all right. my clients call everybody back in seven to 10 days. And by the way, it's not, do you want to get scheduled? It's, hey, did you find a solution yet? Right. No. Do you need some help? Sure. Right. Okay. Well, I have those two numbers. I still have availability. What, you know, do you want me to call? I even offer to call places for people again. It's, and by the way, it was such a small, this is the other thing. We don't have time for that. I'm like, what are you talking about? Right. You're like, do you really not have time for that? Because even if your perspective is primarily making money, if three people call you asking about an insurance company, if you decided to outsource that with Trezetto or somebody else to do your credentialing, them three people, them three avows is $300. That has paid your credentialing costs, right? So when more than three people call you about a particular payer, you're like, look, that's a no-brainer. Because you know you're going to get And then getting out back. of that, getting out of that old mindset of it's $75 a visit. It's like, no, 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 hold on. Right. And again, back to let, let, let's, let's, let's roll it back to, okay. You know, I was thinking about this earlier when we were talking about Medicaid and things like that. It's like, okay, so th- there are solutions here. Do we schedule five people at a time? Well, we can't do group. Well, that's okay. But it doesn't mean five people can't be in here at the same time. You know what I mean? It's just like, you know, and it's like, h- how right. can we solve this problem? Right. Quit going. No, 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 no. Right. With this old thinking. Yeah. And that's where you also have to know your practice act. Um, yeah, all that stuff, which, by the way, yeah. nobody does. True. True. No, nobody does. I, I, I look because I do the secret callers. So a lot of people, oh, sorry, we need a doctor's referral to schedule you. And I go, okay. No, you and don't. then I hang up. First thing I do is I go look it up online. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. you actually didn't. So what you told, I'm not saying what you were instructed to do because this is what I always say. I said, I'm not telling you, you weren't instructed to do this. So just bear with me. I say, but that statement is incorrect. Yes. And now you've created an unnecessary barrier. For oh, something. here we go again. Yeah. Right. All of it, all of it, and, all of it, all and of it, all increase of it. their healthcare costs, all of it. So yeah. again, all this, right. And this is, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. All yeah. right. I think I said we were going to end like yeah. 20 minutes ago, but I thank you, Ruthie and Ebony and thank you, thank Dr. you, Van Harris, Hoos. for inviting us on. It's it's been it's been great. And great. by the way, I'm going to grab those eyes and patent them so you guys trademark them so you guys can't use them. You have to Yay! pay me. <laughs> thank you, Jerry. 
No, no, I'm going to, I'm going to um, go back and take them down. Don't, you don't have to repeat them. Don't, don't repeat them. Cause I want people to go back and listen to it and take them down. I'm going to go back and take them down and I will always reference the three of you when I bring it up. We appreciate that. Thank you so much. Don't hang up. We're going to end the podcast, but don't click off just yet. So, all right, everybody, the link to the Ujima, the Ujima center.org. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Is in the notes and um, you guys all know where to find out more. And I'm going to say this out loud. Don't contact and ask if you can come spend a day. If you're going to contact them, ask how I can come and be of value to you for the day as I as I see what you all do. Yes. Or you can always ask how we can consult with you. There you go. That too. So so if you guys I didn't want to throw that out there, you were going to have to say that out loud. So there you go. So why don't you mention that then, Lisa? Yes. For people that are interested. I keep reminding people um, that, you know, Ruthie Evans is an amazing strategist. And so if you are a business that wants to, you know, sit down and talk about some creative ways in which to have some community impact, um, Ruthie might be able to assist you. Um, So, yeah. So, and then we'll figure out kind of what that looks like. She might do it as part of her, um, role as director of operations especially if there's some shared measures or you know i'm not opposed to somebody making a little extra cash because we all got bills to pay so um because as i told y'all i i do feel like we we are getting miss ruthie and her expertise um right now as a steal and so i'm so thankful and we are so blessed that she chose to work with us but i also want people to hear that that if you are clear about your mission and people can see their individual and the collective impact, they are willing to come and work, even if you you know you can't pay them what they're worth. So yeah, and I, I know we're not paying Miss Ruthie what she's worth. And so God we, bless Madam Director, but I can't come and help on the kids day. I'll help on any other day. <laughs> I can't do okay, it. Okay, that's fine. I'm sorry. I'll clean up after everybody. How about can I hey, clean up? I'll that's help a clean, job. Up clean up. After these you kids. just put it's me in the job. corner, and when you need something cleaned up, you just go, Jerry, because that's about all I can. <laughs> Those kids, man, I don't, man, I don't have any kids. I think I mentioned that. The energy, God bless you all. Um, <laughs> yeah, because man, oh man, kids freak me out. Right? They're we'll have like, you. We'll have you run the metronome for the well, pacer test. There you go. There you go. I'll I'll do stuff like that. You tell me, Jerry. <laughs> Jerry, the trash can's full. We filled up a trash can. Go take that out. And I'll be like on it. Be like, Jerry, just press that button and go run. Yeah. When you yeah, hear the exactly. bell again, run back. Yeah, run yeah. back. <laughs> exactly. But awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you thank so you. much. All right. Thank you, everybody. A huge value. And if someone listening to this ain't reaching out to them and offering something in return, by the way, uh, for some insight from Ruthie and the team there, you guys are crazy. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening today to the podcast. Here's what I want you to do next. Um, If you want to stay in touch or want more information on the doing of all this, then I highly recommend and I really want you to go over to my YouTube page, Jerry Durham PT, J-E-R-R-Y-D-U-R-H-A-M. There is just so much content, videos added weekly, if not 
daily and you will be able to bury yourself and immerse yourself into this content and learn all you need to know to start implementing some of the things we talked about today. Second thing I want you to do is just jump in feet first over at my Facebook group. What's best for the patient is best for business. Daily interactions, right? I'll be there. You can have discussions with other people. You can ask me questions. I post there frequently, post videos. I share information there. So it's a place to stay up to date and be very interactive with other people who have the same goals and mindset that you do and want to create this business, this healthcare practice that will scale and grow and give you financial performance. Cheers all.